0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey everyone, happy holidays, and welcome to the show. Wow, our holidays get here fast, don't they? I mean, my family called me and said, oh, I'll see you Monday for Christmas Eve. I said, what? You must be wrong, but they weren't wrong. Time does go so fast, especially in December. Uh, well, welcome, everyone. Hi, Yoshiko Dart. And oh my goodness, we have 17 countries listening to the show. Ireland, I'm afraid you were passed for number one. Get ready, everyone. Get the drum roll going. China. Oh, my goodness, China was the number one listening audience. Is that not amazing? Okay, let's go. Let's go. we got a race here between the two of you. That is really awesome. And a special thanks to Highmark. Our lead sponsor. So, throughout the holidays in the month of December, we have different charities on because it is all about giving back during this time. So, we have on today Joan Del Sandro, which I always have a hard time saying properly. Who? What a surprise when she's a very close friend of mine. But, you know, I'll never forget. Never When she said to me one day, you know what Joyce, I saw this thing that happened and it was so terrible and you know, I just want to do something about it. I'm thinking and she did, she did do something about it, which is why I'm so proud of her and she is headquartered right here in the best city in America, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Joan, welcome to the show. Hi, Joyce. How are you? Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So here I am. I have on here that you're the founder and CEO of Christopher's Kitchen. And I know there are people listening that do not know what Christopher's Kitchen is and why it is called Christopher's Kitchen. So why don't we start just by telling everyone what Christopher's Kitchen is. What does it do? Christopher's Kitchen is a
2: nonprofit. It is the only nonprofit in the United States that has a working food pantry inside of a hospital. And we chose the Children's Hospital because the need was so great. And Christopher was my stepson, who I adored, and he committed suicide. 16 years ago, so the two come together in the fact that I just missed him so much, and I decided to start volunteering at Children's Hospital, doing hair and nails and helping out the parents, so in my conversation with everybody, they started to tell me about how They didn't have food, and they were there for six months at a time, sometimes a year they were doing uh, transplants, and there was no food. Um, I don't even know how to explain that. I always assumed when they brought a tray into the patient, the parents got a tray also, and that is not the way it works at all hospitals. It's not just our children's hospital because we have one of the best in the nation So I decided, well, what an awful thing that is. You're worried to death about your child. The last thing you should think about is whether you can get something to eat or not. So that's when I talked to Joyce and a lot of other people that helped me out tremendously on how to formulate how to get food for the parents and the siblings of the sick children.
1: Okay, so just so you all understand this, because... When, when Joan just first told me this, I couldn't believe it either. Many of the children in this hospital are in very critical condition, cancer, transplants. Am I right, Joan? Isn't it like that? Yes.
2: Yes, it is. Um, there's very few broken legs and arms. These kids are in there for the
1: long haul. And uh, when they are, when you're a parent... I'm also assuming who wants to leave, right? Right. Nobody. (laughs) So try to imagine this scenario. You have a child uh, with cancer, and it's a possibly touch-and-go situation or just being there after a child has gone through radiation or chemotherapy. You want to be there. You want to be there every minute. Of the day. So the question is, how do you eat? You would have to send people down, I guess, to the cafeteria. Is that what they do? Um,
2: well, you, yeah, if you have more than one family member there with you, you can send somebody down to the cafeteria. A lot of times it's just one parent because the other parent has to
1: be working. Right. So you have nobody. Yes. That's right. The other person's working or you're a single parent. And right. no matter what, what an inconvenience if you're having to choose one of the parents to go down, order something for two people or more, and bring it all up to that room. That is amazing. And Joan, am I right? Didn't you have someone you met in there, uh, a parent, and they were... Like, when you asked what they were eating, it was like crackers or something? No, they were eating Girl Scout cookies. The Girl
2: Scouts had donated a ton of extra cookies. And she looked at me with this very sad face, and she says, If I have to eat one more tag along, I'm going to die. Because that was her diet for a month. That's all she had to eat was Girl Scout cookies.
1: Wow. Wow, can you imagine that? So, so this is what gave you the idea. Now, how does that work? How does it work? Well,
2: we are a very small nonprofit at this point. So, we actually go once a week. We shop for food and we go in to the emergency department. We have three pantries in there that we fill three times a week with food. We fill it up with your food like um, granola bars and mac and cheese and any, any non-perishable because there isn't refrigeration for, the, for them. And then we go up to the PICU and we have brown bag lunches and breakfasts that we bring to the PICU uh, three days a week. And then we have taken on the Lemieux, the children's home and the Lemieux Family Center. And we are now doing the same thing. We're going in there and we're stocking food for those families. That is kind of a step-down unit for children's hospital. So your step-down is the children's home. So we just kind of, every week... We don't have a stockpile yet. We will. We just go out, get the food, put it in, and it works.
1: And and how does everyone know about this? How do the parents, how do they know?
2: The nurses and the doctors... Once they get everybody situated and know what the situation is, whether a child can eat or not, or or what is needed, then they send the parents to Christopher's Kitchen. They either uh, escort them to one of the pantries themselves, or they tell them where it is, or they tell them what is on the menu for that day, and they bring it to them.
1: That is so awesome and wonderful. Once again, folks... Imagine how wonderful this charity is. The last thing a parent with a child in critical or terminal uh, situation is to be trying to figure out where they can get food. Because I guarantee you they are not going to leave that shout they are not so if you're listening to the show right now Joan how do you make a contribution you can go to christopherskitchen.org
2: i think it is very easy we have a donate button you
1: push the button and there it is christopherskitchen.org and you can yes. also you're also on facebook right We are. We have Facebook and Instagram. And is that under Christopher's
2: Kitchen? Yes, it is. It's all under Christopher's
1: Kitchen. And by the way, I want to say one thing. I think it's so awesome that it's named Christopher's Kitchen. You definitely have an angel helping you out, and his name is Christopher. I think that is such a great way to honor him. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, we are talking today with Joan about Christopher's Kitchen in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Since
0: 1985... high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.VendorConsult.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward
1: slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Joan D'Alessandro, the founder of Christopher's Kitchen, right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Christopher'sKitchen.org. Uh, Joan, it's so amazing yeah. for me to hear you are the only person doing this in the United States. How is that possible? Why is that the way it is? Why? I,
2: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There's other hospitals that do similar things. They, they, um, they'll they have different church groups come in once a week or, or once a month and bring a cooked meal to a certain floor. They will... Um, They'll, they'll do different things, but they don't have a working pantry where you can just walk in and grab something to eat and walk out without having to justify it or show your income or, or any of that stuff. This it, You just go in, get food, and eat.
1: You know what? H- has anyone called you about this? I mean in other states. Has anyone talked to you about this? No. No, I have talked to, to um, the
2: Children's Hospital in Houston, and they were amazing and reached out and said, hey, if you need a partner, you know, we will partner with you if you, if you grow and come down this way. Um, but they're really the only ones that I have talked to, and probably because
1: I'm working so hard at this one. <laughs> well, you know what? I think you could be a model. You know that? I think you could end up on 60 Minutes, Joan. I think this is a great model for the rest of the country. I really do. And I'm sure, don't you agree that, hey, a child sick is a child sick anywhere in the United States. I'm sure parents go through this. Don't you think? Oh, my goodness,
2: yes. I don't think we're unique in any sense of the word. I think this is every children's hospital, every hospital, for that matter. I mean, even if you have a spouse that's in the hospital for a month or so, you know, funds run short. You you need help getting
1: something to eat. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So when you came up with this idea, you know, how, what made you believe it could happen? Because a lot of people come up with ideas, but that's about as far as it goes. I mean, what made you so confident that it could happen? Um, my faith.
2: My faith. I, I never doubted it was going to happen. Somebody put this in my hands, entrusted me with it, and has kind of just led me along the along the way. You know, I call it God, but you know, I was led in this direction. I I can't explain it better than that, because it has not been a struggle. It has all just fallen into place like it was supposed to be.
1: Well, I would definitely call that God and a miracle because how many people do I know That, oh, I have this idea. They've never done anything like this before. Never worked for a not-for-profit. Never run a company. Never went out fundraising or doing anything of this nature. And it just all happens. I mean, even the people you went to at the beginning that were supportive of you. I mean, that was amazing. You know, how they stood behind you from the beginning. And I remember different occasions where Joan would go and talk to someone and they would say, oh, well, we want to donate this. Or uh, remember, I don't know if it was a car dealership or who it was, someone had you on the radio, had a radio ad. Yes, it was a car dealership, absolutely. Yep, they had us on the radio and TV. Yeah, that's what I mean. Things like that, the most amazing things like that have happened. Man, um, you always say, is it a God idea or a good idea? I guess this was a God idea because it really, really did take off. Uh, and Joan, since you have been doing this, this sh- short time, how long ago did you start this? <coughs> we put food in the pantry
2: excuse me, (laughs) exactly a year ago. So we started probably in
1: August, but put food in a year ago. Wow. That is, here we are, celebrating. We're celebrating your anniversary. I knew it couldn't have been that long ago because I'm, as i said i'm close friends with joan and i remember when she first started talking about it um, but there you go look what you've already done that is that is a miracle right there in itself um uh, joan since you started what has really what would you say is one of the events that happened that um, really impacted you the most that that you remember Oh my goodness.
2: We have um we had a young family in the in the emergency department and um their son was very very ill and he's an army man from the army base in Pittsburgh. And as soon as I got out, he contacted us and said we were such a godsend could he please have a fundraiser for us. So, knowing the US military, right? It it took a couple months to get all the all the correct uh i's dotted and t's crossed, but he had an amazing fundraiser for us and brought us a ton of food. And it just when I'm around him, he just brings tears to my eyes because he is just he's the sweetest man and he his heart is
1: in the right place. He was just amazing. Wow. Well, he really um, was moved by what happened. Have there been other parent, uh, parents that you've met uh, that have told you how much this helped them? Oh, my, yes, 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 yes.
2: We get, um, we get pictures of their children. They send us pictures and, you know, thanking us and um, quite a few want to have fundraisers or what can they do to help us and um, just walk in the halls. You walk the halls down there. I go in myself every week and stock the pantry and the nurses, the doctors, the patients, everybody stops you and says, thank you. And you leave there knowing you are doing the exact thing you're supposed to be doing.
1: You know what though, that must have such an impact on you. I mean that that is so wonderful. I can't ima- imagine how that makes you feel, um, and I know what that would do for them. So you know what? I'm always talking about Pittsburgh and how much I love Pittsburgh. Um, how has this community supported you, the Pittsburgh community?
2: Oh, they've been amazing. They've been amazing. The Penguins have have supported us just uh, just. Local people, you, you're amazing. Um, everybody that hears about it is kind of like, what can I do? I have not had one negative response. They're just like, oh, my goodness, what can I do? Can I bring you food? Can I transport food? Can I help you in any way? They're, the community has just rallied around.
1: Yeah, tell, let's talk about the penguins. What have they done?
2: The penguins have given us money. They've given us a a $10,000 check. They are right now, we are in the final stages of them writing us a check to put hydration stations through the hospital, so that'll be 20 to 25 hydration stations so people can get good, clean water. We'll, We'll issue them water bottles when they come into the hospital, and this way they don't have to buy water for 3 or $4 a bottle. So the penguins are going to take care of that for us. Boy,
1: that is great, Joan. I mean, you know what? As I said, that makes me so proud to, um, you know, that just makes me proud of Pittsburgh and how, Different groups. Uh, you know, I mean, you're always telling me about someone that will contact you. I know people make those little food things, little packages for you. What what are yes. they? Well, we have a lot of, um, a
2: lot of people that, that just donate food, just, you know, little packages of food. Um, we have people that donate um. What do I want to call it? Like shampoos and conditioners and toothbrush and toothpaste so that these people that are in the emergency department or in the PICU can have some hygiene, a comb for heaven's sake, so they can comb their hair. So I get bags and bags of of things like that and um, the hospital is so grateful and they bag them up and they pass them out so the families can have a little bit of, you know, cleanliness while they're in the hospital.
1: Well, what about, um, like, Pittsburgh people, if they would just want to donate food, how would they do that? Well, they can contact us at christopherskitchen.org.
2: We have steady locations now um, in Salon Solo. Um, They are hair salons. I don't even know how to explain what they are, but... um, They have boxes there for Christopher's Kitchen, and they are filled all the time. People just drop off food there, and um, we're doing a little push right now for food because it is flu season, and we are seeing just thousands of people a week in the emergency department. We can't keep the food flowing fast enough.
1: Wow. Why is that? Well,
2: it's like I said, it's flu season. They don't have even have beds. They have people in the halls with little curtains around them. That's their rooms. It's it's just this time of year. It's what happens in Pittsburgh. People don't get their flu shots, and their kids end up in the hospital with the flu.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Joan. Uh, we have a news break on the half hour called. Advocacy Matters, and as you're talking about these children, some with uh, pre-existing conditions and going through so much, um, we have Perry Jude Radisic on with us. She is our weekly, uh, I would say, av- advocacy matters expert for people living with disabilities. Are you on the phone, Perry Jude? Joyce, I am, and I've been listening to your show. It's a great program
3: and a great segue into the topic today.
1: Yes, so thank it is. You. Yes, and happy holidays <laughs> to you. And by and Mary, the way. Happy holidays, uh, yes. Go ahead. Happy holidays. As you, as you know, just by hearing all of this, many of these children have pre-existing conditions. So take, I'll let you go ahead with what you want to talk about today. Well, anyone
3: with a preexisting condition, including uh, the children uh, that we are talking about today, um, uh, had a scare uh, last Friday when a federal district court judge in Texas ruled that the Affordable Care Act was unconstitutional. So that does have an impact uh, and could have had an impact on all of us who have pre-existing conditions, but it's not time to panic. Absolutely not time to panic. Now, most often when a judge rules that a law is unconstitutional, that law would be immediately invalid, but that is not the case. Not in this case. The judge did not rule that the law uh, should stop, that we can move forward. The law is still good while... His uh, decision is being appealed, or Congress might come up with a plan uh, to preserve the law in some other way. But in any case, it's not time to panic. The law is still good. And people even continue to sign up for the Affordable Care Act as of the deadline as of uh, Saturday, even though, again, the law was ruled unconstitutional on Friday. So the law remains in effect. All those under Medicaid expansion still have their coverage. We uh, all can still uh, get the care we need under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, no discrimination based on pre-existing conditions. So that is still good news. Now the interesting thing is this lawsuit was uh, brought uh, to end the Affordable Care Act by 18 Republican state attorneys general, and two Republican governors. And they alleged that following the passage of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017, the Affordable Care Act became unconstitutional because under that law, we no longer paid a penalty for not having health insurance. And that was uh, preceded by the Supreme Court ruling that the individual mandate was unconstitutional. So this judge decided that because that one part, that one part of the Affordable Care Act, and remember, there are so many parts to the Affordable Care Act, like no more discrimination based on pre-existing conditions. Parents can keep their kids on their insurance until age 26. Mental health parity, so many important parts to that Affordable Care Act that we uh, uh, appreciate and uh, support today. That judge ruled that just because that one part, the individual mandate, was unconstitutional, the whole thing goes down. Some legal scholars have said that Judge Reed uh, Judge Reed O'Connor's ruling is not really based on sound legal principle. You can't just sever, you should sever that one part, but leave the rest alone. Now, uh, I can tell you the federal Affordable Care Act website, which is healthcare.gov, took those applications through the Saturday deadline, and there is a headline on that home page that states, the court's decision does not affect 2019 enrollment or coverage so even the federal government is saying there's there's no change in enrollment or coverage now on the other side of that remember I said there was a group of Republican states attorneys generals and a couple of governors that led the fight to try to get that Affordable Care Act rolled uh, unconstitutional on the other side uh, the ones defending the Affordable Care Act, uh, is the, that's led by a group of Democrats who are likely to appeal that decision all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. Because, again, at stake is coverage for millions of Americans under Medicaid expansion, mental health parity, protection from discrimination for preexisting conditions, among so many other provisions. So since that ruling... Some things have shifted. Some of those states that brought that lawsuit have changed parties because of, because of the voters, because health care was a very important issue at the voting booth just in November. So some of those plaintiffs who said that law was unconstitutional are now considering withdrawing as a plaintiff. And some states are considering joining as a defendant because now there are 15 states who are stepping in to defend the Affordable Care Act. And what is the U.S. Department of Justice doing to defend it? Nothing. This administration has decided they would not defend the Affordable Care Act. So, Joyce, advocacy matters. Health care was a very important issue at the, at the voting booth this election. So we shall see who leaves being a plaintiff, who joins being a defendant, And we'll follow this uh, as it moves through the courts and as Congress reconvenes in January.
1: Now, what could we do? What could our listeners do right now? Right Right now now. to help.
3: Yeah, I I would say right now. First of all, no one should panic. If you have expanded Medicaid, you're fine. Uh, You have nothing to worry about. Write to your congresspeople, uh, write, and we'll have that information posted on our website. Write uh, to your local legis. write to your congressmen, write to your senators, and make sure they understand, just as it was at the voting booth, that uh, that the Medicaid expansion, that having children on parents' insurance until the age of 26, that mental health parity, that discrimination from pre-existing conditions with health insurance, that all of the things that you like about the Affordable Care Act should remain in place. Because if if you don't tell them, they're not going to uh, know. So you, you must tell them. So, Joyce, we'll get that up on our website here shortly.
1: Oh, thank you, because this absolutely does matter. Perry, thank you so much for calling, and we'll be following you. What is your webpage again? Yes, it's
3: www.disabilityrightspa.org.
1: Disabilityrightspa.org. Thank you so much, Perry. Have a good day. Thank you, Joyce. Bye. Well, that's a scary thought, isn't it, Joan? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That, That is a scary thought because you know... Um, well, this would impact so many children, so many people, period. So we've got to follow that, everybody. You've got to follow that and keep on that because, you know, it's one of these things that you may think doesn't matter. And then one day you wake up And it has impacted you. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just tuned in, we've been talking to Joan D'Alessandro, the founder of Christopher's Kitchen. And we'll be right back after this break. Don't go away.
0: Opinion. Your
3: hear voice hear hear counts. Me. Hear me. Hear me. Call toll-free. 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Since nineteen
0: eighty-five. high test line of service for more information please visit www.benderconsult.com
3: the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com
0: if you have a question or comment call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender
1: Hey, welcome back everyone, and we have been talking to Joan D'Alessandro, the founder of Christopher's Kitchen, and Joan, first, let's hear the website again. Christopher'skitchen.org Christopher'skitchen.org, and if they go to Christopher'skitchen.org, they can make a donation. Yes, they can. Okay, so here's what I wanted to say to all of you. First, I talked about in Pittsburgh what can you do, and of course, sending you know food is so great, but I do want to stop for one minute because Joan, you've told me about this before. If someone does contribute food, what should they contribute again what what should they and what should they not contribute
2: well um Dried goods mainly, and because there's no facility there for them to cook. We put microwaves in so they can do cup of soups, they can do raviolios, or they can do, um, mac and cheese is a big seller. Um, people love the mac and cheese. So it's, it's things like that. Puddings and jellos and the kids really like the jello. It must feel good on their throats. Um, you know that kind of thing but you know no tomato sauce or pasta because they can they cannot cook there
1: yeah like crackers things like that
2: oh crackers granola any of those things
1: okay well that's good that's great to know but in addition i want to say to everyone remember you have to know The biggest contribution you can make is to the website. And one other thing for people in Pittsburgh, I've got to tell you, Joan is a phenomenal person. I just think the world of her, and she does have her own studio. Where is that, Joan? Can you tell everyone in Pittsburgh where it is? I am in Salon
2: Solo. It is in Wexford on Wexford Bain Road. It is. um, I didn't know it was called Wexford Bain Road, so if you're from Pittsburgh, you would know it as 910.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that either. I just know it's by (laughs) Northway. That's all I know. I know it's by Northway. (laughs) Um, So, what do you want to see happen? Uh, You know, I'm assuming, when I ask you how our listeners can help you, is that what they can do the most? I would assume making a donation...
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, m- my goal obviously is to, is to have a storage unit that has food in it and we just go in every week and we take it out and we're able to expand to other hospitals, other places that need us. So, um, you know, we just need to grow a little bit. We need to grow. We have people asking us for help. And we're not there yet to, to help them. So, you know, my goal in the next year is to have a storage space that has cases of mac and cheese that I can just go in and take to whoever needs it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. That is so awesome. One other thing I want to say you can do, because, you know, you can make a contribution from anywhere by going to that uh, web page or going to Facebook, Christopher's Kitchen, with a C, Christopher's Kitchen. But you know what else you can do? You can tell people. You can spread the news. Because believe me, there are a lot of parents going through such a horrific time. Imagine with their child being there right now. How horrible is that? So tell people. Tell everyone you know. And I always say over the holidays. I mean, come on. You can miss that one Starbucks coffee and make a donation. Every donation counts, no matter how small and hopefully how big. But I'm just saying, make sure you tell everyone. So, Joan, what are your plans? What do you want to see happen in 2019?
2: Well, by the grace of God, I I just want to be able to keep stalking and when people come to us for help to be able to to do that um i just got asked recently for help for scarves and hats i didn't realize when these kids come in by ambulance if they're in their pjs they leave in their pjs they don't give them a coat or a blanket or anything they leave the way they came and not by ambulance, somebody so some of them are standing there because their families don't have cars. they're waiting on a bus, and they don't have anything. so you know, this is my newest thing is just to try and get some scarves and hats, so when these poor kids leave that they're they're warm in this cold weather.
1: Have you, you know? ever I'm sorry, go ahead, what else? Oh. Well,
2: that's my goal right now. That's my focus because I was heartbroken when the head of the emergency part- department told me that story. I was like, that's
1: crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is terrible. Um, and I just wanted to say that you have done so much. What about, um, what have you done? Didn't you have like a gala or something this year? Didn't you do something at Halloween? We did. We had a, a um, it was called the Monster Bash, and
2: it was largely successful for, um, for our first time. And it was just a fun party. People really put a lot of thought into their costumes and um we had great representatives. The new the new head of the emergency department at Children's Hospital. Uh, he came. He he was all dressed up. And he and his wife and his friends and they had fun and and it was just a really fun time. I think it was um, not your t- traditional fundraiser. There was um, not. Not a sit down dinner. There was just um, a lot of nice appetizers, and it was just a fun party.
1: <laughs> it was just fun. Yeah, and will you be having that again next year? I Yes, we definitely
2: will. I think that's going to be our signature fundraiser for Christopher's Kitchen. It's going to be the Halloween party.
1: Oh, and I, knowing you, Joan, I just know that that was absolutely fantastic. I have no doubt in my mind. I know you, and I'm hoping I'm there next year. So, Joan, oh my good, from knowing you, you have done so much, you've accomplished so much in your life. What would you say this past year was your greatest accomplishment? Hmm.
2: My greatest accomplishment this year, besides Christopher's Kitchen, which is amazing, 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 um, was to be able to take care of my parents. I think um, that's what I feel the most grateful for right now is, is... still being able to have my parents and being able to take care of them and being able to do Christopher's Kitchen all at the same time. I can't tell you how much gratitude I feel right now.
1: Yeah, you're a good person. You know, that. that's what I have to say. You are just a good person. Uh, Through and through, Joan, I'm just so proud to be friends with you. You know that? I am. Thank I am you, very Joanna. proud to be friends with you. Um, okay, and one more time, what is the website? Christopher'sKitchen.org. org, And uh, if you go to Christopher'sKitchen.org, you can make a contribution um, right now. Also go to Facebook. Also go to Instagram. All sources to make a donation. Uh, Joan, how important has it been to you to have a lot of people around you that have the same passion as you? You can't do it without that.
2: You can't do it without people that are like mind and like-heart and... um, I don't think it would work. I don't think it would work if everybody didn't feel the same way you did and have the gratitude and have the faith in God. I don't I don't think it would work.
1: I'm so glad you said that because when I talk about not for profits and giving back, I always tell people, make sure you surround people like yourself because if you don't have passion for this, it won't happen. You know, if people think of it as, oh, yeah, I'm going to get involved with this. This would be a nice thing to do. That's not, that's not it. It's having passion in your heart for making something like this happen. That really is what it takes uh, in any organization. But I'm sure you have seen this, Joan. I'm sure you see it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hard
2: to turn your back on a child in need or a family in need. It's pretty, pretty hard. You'd have to be a pretty hard-hearted person to be able to do that with a conscience.
1: Do you do, um, let me ask you this question. Do you go up there through the holidays and does the hospital do things for these kids over the holidays? Oh my goodness! Oh, there's there's so many toys and presents and things
2: for them. Yes, and we go and we bring special meals and um, special goodies because oh my, everybody likes goodies at the holidays. So yeah, we do. We're there every holiday um, with you know special food, something different than what they're used
1: to having in the pantry, and definitely treats. Yeah, treats. Yeah, I'm sure they get a lot of toys and everything in the world at this time. I'm sure they do. Um, and boy, when I think about what these kids are going through, it is just heartbreaking in my mind to even think of going there. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's hard for you still when you go there, but it's having that love in your heart. Um, and how about your family? How how have they been supportive?
2: Oh, my family comes. You know, they're, they're great. You know, my parents are filling up to it. They come with me and stock the pantries, and my husband and my and my daughter. Um, everybody joins in on, especially on the holidays. We try to keep it a family, a family event, and all go down to together. And it breaks my heart. But it makes my holiday also. To be able to be there and to, to help in some little way, that's my whole holiday anymore. That's what's important.
1: Well, isn't that what it's all about? Giving yeah. back? That really is what it is all about. Um, and, and I just, I want to repeat, I just think it's so wonderful what you're doing, Joan. I just believe in everything about this because one thing I feel strongly about is when something one is going through something terrible if you can just do something small to bring them a smile an act of kindness that means so much and I hope all of you listening to the show remember it can always be you And also, if you're one of those people thinking, what could I do to make a difference? You can make a difference. You can have an act of kindness. You can give back. But surely, over this holiday season of giving, you will take time to give back. And once again, christopherskitchen.org. So, Joan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Just have a blessed holiday
2: and be kind. I think we're missing kindness in the world.
1: Yes, I do too. And uh, that is what we have all needed here in Pittsburgh since the Tree of Life Synagogue. And I told someone the other day that it is kindness, kindness that makes All the difference. What a gift. What a rare gift. And Joan, you do exemplify that gift. Thank you, Joyce. You're so sweet. And with that, folks, we're going to get ready to end the show. Um, We end with a quote on every show. And today, the quote is, When one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one that has been opened for us, said Helen Keller. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week and happy holidays.